0: Go beyond the superficial, go beyond the noise and hype delivers business knowledge gained from developing and manufacturing hundreds of products, working with high growth entrepreneurs from all over the world, focus skills and passion into innovative ideas. Take, 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 take control, transform product ideas into business realities. This is And Hype.
1: Transform product ideas into business reality. My name is Callie Keen, and this is End Hype. All right. I have Bennett Maxwell here. He has a, a different kind of cookie and a massively growing business. I have so many questions for you, but before I jump in and satisfy my interests and my curiosity, can you please tell everybody what you're about, what your brand is? Mm-hmm. How you kind of, what's the
0: story? Yeah, yeah. Dirty dough cookies. That's a, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing cookies. Started kind of the quick backstory. Grew up in Orm, Utah, seven out of nine children, the number seven. So grew up definitely with a lot of autonomy to do what I wanted to do. Grew up with a single parent, just my mom. So they kind of stopped raising the kids <laughs> after so many kids, right? So anyways, it was fun because I was always out with friends. And then we started, we do lemonade stands. We did shaved ice stands, like elementary, right? And then just got into the kind of the entrepreneur spirit really young. Knocking doors to sell lawn aeration, to pay for sports. I did wrestling, football, and rugby all, you know, went back to back. You you have to have a few hundred dollars to pay for everything, or you go knock doors and sell cookie dough or the starving student discount. So my background was always sales. Then I transitioned to sales full-time. I was going to become a doctor a semester away from graduating with my bachelor's in pre-med. Ended up dropping out to pursue sales and decided I'm going to be a professional salesperson. Though I'm not going to stop studying. I'm just going to stop studying medicine or pre medicine, right? So I can study being a salesperson. And it went really well from there. Jumping into the sales, started a solar company, sold that, bought a dirty dough, which was a single store cookie company out of Arizona, and then wanted to franchise it. So that's kind of where we're at right now. We just opened up our second franchise. We franchised about eight months ago, just opened up our second store, have another two stores opening this week, another store opening next week, and then another 120 stores opening after that. So we've <laughs> sold over 120. It's going quick and it, it's been a fun ride.
1: You just dropped the bomb there. You're like, yeah, it's the first store, second store, uh, 120 stores. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a big jump. So a couple of questions for this. One, I love that you have a sales background, first of all, because anybody that messages me or we... Hop on the phone, they're like, what do I do to make money? How can I start a business? I don't, you know, I want to develop these business skills, these entrepreneurial tendencies. I'm like, Mm -hmm. go sell something because everything that you learn in sales is immediately applicable to anything else that you're going to do in sales entrepreneurship, yeah, aspects of your life. So I love, I love that because the biggest problem that I see with a lot of people's businesses, they have a crazy idea. Maybe we work with them. They work with somebody, and they develop that idea. And then they're like, "I thought I was going to be famous. <laughs> what do I do next?" I'm like, "Yeah. Well, you 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 got to sell it. You're the opposite. You have built a lot of sales knowledge, and then you went out and saw something. And then can you well, one? But before I ask you the franchise question, because I'm really curious about that, I want." you to teach us a little bit of something about differentiation because your cookies are a little different than the, the yeah. other competitors that people have
0: probably seen the other like luxury cookies that people yeah get. the gourmet cookie market so i mean a cookie's a cookie right like i'm i'm not going to claim to be a cookie expert to this day i've never made a batch of cookies like in the store i guess i have when i was little you know help my mom out but i'm not a baker or anything i i am a salesperson so i and i learned this from one of the Company I worked for is called Vivint Smart Home. And they also have Vivint Solar, they're both multi billion dollar companies. And what I learned is Vivint isn't a security system, it's not a smart home company, it's a sales organization that happens to sell smart home. And honestly, that's how I built this business. Like we are a sales organization, we sell franchises, and we happen to sell cookie franchises because cookie franchises, we've been able to make it very simple, very easy. I believe we have the most simplistic food franchise model that exists that were the easiest business to get into maybe as far as, again, food franchising. And that was one of my top goals was lowering the barrier of entry to entrepreneurship by reducing the money required, the time required to run it, the experience required, and then also the game plan that's given to the franchise model. That's kind of what we set out to do. It's like, what do you want as a consumer? What Because I want to sell you what you want, Right. So you tell me what the perfect world, I'm going to go create that because I also happen to be the salesperson, but I also happen to own the company and I'm in charge of all the operations. So yeah, that, that's definitely how we've been able to build the company is what is the perfect product? And now let's go build that because we're focused on what's sellable. Not, we didn't come up with a product and say, how do we sell it? We said, we're going to sell something amazing. How do we come up with what is sellable? So kind of maybe a little bit backwards there. Now, as far as the product itself, this gourmet cookie markets taking off crumbles, the largest of the companies that's kind of leading the charge. They weren't the first, but they are the largest. They'll do giant cookies served warm, and they want to do multi flavors. So they'll do like a half inch worth of frosting on the top. A lot of people don't like that. I I like it. You know, like I, I like cookies. I like frosting. A lot of people don't though. So how do we get to make a different product? crumble focuses on what's on top of the cookie and the appearance of the cookie. It has to be the perfect Instagram cookie. We're going to go the opposite. Dirty dough means the dough is dirty. Meaning the dough has more mix ins. It has more fillings. It has multi layers. We're the only company that does a three layer cookie that I've seen. And what's a three layer cookie. It's a peanut butter cookie on the outside, but when you break it open, there's chocolate dough in the middle and the very center, there's hot fudge or there's a brownie dough on the outside. And in the middle, there's uh chocolate chip dough. And in the very center, there's caramel. Like who's making those cookies, right? Cause a cookie's a cookie at the end of the day, but we did want to differentiate it just a little bit. So that's kind of the model that we've developed and it fit into the simplistic design, which is all about centralizing production. So our franchisees, all they do, I mean, Callie, I'm going to train you on how to run a dirty dough right now, grab a speed rack. It's a rack that you can put cookie sheets in with wheels on the bottom, wheel it into the walking cooler, grab 15, Chocolate chip cookies, put them three by five on the pan, wheel it out, open up the oven, put it in, press start. Once the timer goes off, take it out and then they're ready to go. There's no mixing of the dough. There's no ordering raw products. There's no quality control on that. There's no measuring the dough and portioning it. It's all done for you on the corporate end to make it super simple for you. So that's the vision that we had. And this just fit into that because we found a very unique machine that could give us this unique product.
1: On the business side, it's like you're building out this sales network, and a lot of the issues that franchises have, one is quality standards. So how do they execute the vision? And then two is what kind of vehicle is it? What why are people getting the franchise? I talk to people. I know people with franchises, and they're happy if they uh, once they get to that second or third store, they can kind of start consolidating their people and they can replicate yep. their knowledge, but that first one, they're basically running that business. And they almost always, when I talk to them, they've gotten into it because they wanted an additional revenue stream or they wanted a, you know, quote, passive income. I, I don't believe in passive income, really maybe like dividends from stocks or some, right. some arbitrary thing, but certainly no passive income businesses. I I've yet to see one and looking at thousands and thousands of businesses always requires something, but does. They jump in and they realize, okay, well, I need a manager. And to manage the manager, I need to do this. And so the more work that there is, the more they end up doing. And you've eliminated a lot of those requirements. And it's easier for you as a sales-focused person to say the franchise is the vehicle to whatever you wanted, financial freedom, additional mm-hmm. revenue stream, passive income. So it becomes an appealing vehicle for them to achieve whatever their goal is versus the things that you hear
0: about franchises is like, you actually have to be there. Yeah, A little bit more of the backstory that I skipped. I wanted to buy a crumble franchise. I was making good money doing sales. I'd do multiple six figures in four or five months in the summer. Then I'd take the rest of the year off. So one of these off seasons, my cousin's like, dude, you got to look into a franchise. They're really cool. You can make a lot of money. Cool. I want to add to my income. That was my thought. Go through the process. of like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Until I found out it's owner operated required. I was like, wait, you're telling me I have to pay you money for me to go and then you're going to force me to work in the store? Like if you're forcing me to work, that's a job if you're forcing me to work in the store, right? I don't want that. I get why they do it because it's they do different flavors every single week. That's hard for inventory management. That's hard to train so many people. They weigh all their cookies by hand. That requires a lot of labor. That's a lot of oversight. Like I understand what they're doing. When I bought this company, I was running a solar company full-time in San Diego. And this was a single store location in Tempe, Arizona. I've never worked in food, never been in franchising, but I told myself if I could do this and be successful at it, how many other entrepreneurs, business owners are in the same boat? I have some extra capital. I have the know-how to manage a business. I just don't have a time to be there full-time, but I know how to manage a manager, right? I know how to oversee a manager. That's the whole model because I saw what Crumble did and I did the opposite, right? If you want to run the cookie company, you could buy a crumble. I mean, heck, you could buy a dirty dough, but that just doesn't align with my personal beliefs. You should be working on your business and not in your business. So we've created a model that you could work on your business and not in your business.
1: I've looked at franchises and I encountered the same exact thing. Even the really great high-end name ones, they were like, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. You're going to Need to do this, you're going to need to do that. Once you have two or three or four, like then you start rotating through these and it's more than yep. a job. But I crunch the numbers and these are really solid businesses. And I, I know that pe- people end up owning, uh, you know, a 100 Wendy's, 200 Wendy's. Yep. And it makes sense. They make good money. Like I'm not trying to disparage that by any means, but me trying to buy one it was like, I'm going to take a serious pay cut owning that one.
0: Yep.
1: <laughs> and that, yeah. And yeah, so I was like, I, I don't know. To me, this is one of the reasons I want to add this conversation because it it makes sense your approach to this for people yeah, like me or my family or my friends who looked at Five Guys. They've looked at some of the bigger name franchises and realized like, you're going to make a hundred K and yep. work there at least 20 or 30 hours a week.
0: Mm-hmm. Or 60 to 80. Okay. <laughs> or 60 to 80. It tells me in the restaurant, we're like, it's crazy. And I'm like, I haven't experienced that. Because I bought a company and I was in Arizona, like, how am I going to work an 80 hour work week? Like I can't, right? Like if somebody calls out, I'm not the one filling in. Cause I, I was out of state in a way it proved the model, right? Like I flew in once a month, flew in in the mornings, flew out that same evening. I'd meet with the manager, walk around the store, take pictures of anything that I wanted to be changed or didn't like talk with the manager in person, fly back home that night. So I'm still back with my kids. I have a wife, three, three kids. And then I'm going to upload that to, I was using Asana at the time, but just a task management software. I'm going to assign it to the manager. I'm going to throw a due date on it, throw the pictures, and then add a a description. And then the managers are going to complete it by the due date and upload pictures. Right? And then we built in digital checklists so I can see real time what's getting done. And then if I want to verify that the trash was actually taken out, then I just swap over to my camera's. So I was was flying in once a month, I was doing a weekly manager meeting for an hour, checking the cameras, checking the digital checklist. It's going and it's going really well. Let's franchise this and add to it and make it even easier. And that's, you know, we're we're constantly trying to, like, we just added shakes recently. What do you do with all your day-old cookies, right? Do you want to sell them for a discount? Well, no, that's going to hurt your sales. Well, how about we already have ice cream in the store. How about we just throw them in shakes, right? Like you're selling a day-old product. Now you're eliminating waste in a high margin. Item, which is a shake, and it's super easy. Like it's not a blender, it's like a shake machine, kind of like imagine what a flurry machine is, right? They're mixing the ice cream in the cup that you're going to eat. That means there's no blender, that means there's no wasted product on that blender. There's nothing to clean, right? So just little models. We're always constantly trying to how do we make it easier for this franchisee to run this one and potentially open up more, right? Because that's our end goal. If they're happy, they're going to buy more.
1: That shake idea is genius. So I know if you're listening to this, you're not thinking, oh, I'm going to start up like Dirty dough 2 or this, but apply this same concept to your business. What are you throwing away? What are you not able to use? What is traditionally your downtime and how can you turn that downtime into a new opportunity? If you're already wasting that time or that resource, experimenting to find another high value stream for your business, whether it's e-com or product or whatever, it's already waste. What's the disadvantage of then exploring that, experimenting with it, and then seeing how you can just grow. You can grow in the vein that you already have. I think that somebody needs to listen to that, abstract that for their business. And that's a massive takeaway.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. That that, And, and that's what we're always focused on. And not having any food background at all, maybe that's allowed me to ask these questions like, well, why don't you just put it in a shake. (laughs) Like, why can't you do it? Why are we wasting anything? Because that was when I took over the business, it was labor and waste. Those are my issues. So how do we reduce the labor? Well, everything was being measured by hand. Like you, you get, you come in and Callie, you're hired as the baller. That's what we would call you. And you're going to come in and I'm going to give you a big bin of cookie dough and you're going to put it on a scale, little pieces of dough at a time till it weighs just right. Then you're going to roll it around the counter, form it by hand, put it on a cookie sheet. Now, go do that for five hours. (laughs) Tell me how you feel. Like, it's a terrible job. You're going to be inaccurate. You're going to be slow. It's going to be expensive. So, like, that was the first thing we had to get rid of. We're not doing that anymore. We're using a machine to save our employees' backs and provide quality control and consistency. And that's how we get the three layer cookie as well. You can't do that by hand. And then it was waste. You have raw ingredient waste, meaning I have a blueberry cookie. Obviously, I can't order the right amount of blueberries. I'm always going to have. Some leftover. What do you do with those leftover cookies if your cookie's only going to be there for one week? Because it's a weekly rotating. Well, you're going to throw that away. Then I have teenagers mixing my dough and they mess up and they throw away batches at a time. So how do we eliminate that? And then at the third area of waste was throwing them away at night. So in this model, we've completely eliminated area of waste number one. There is no raw ingredients in your store. So how are you going to throw away flour? Well, you're not, right? Because you don't even store flour there. You don't have mixers in your store everything's pre-produced by professional bakers before it even gets to you. So boom, completely eliminated that second area of waste. It was just that third area of waste that we're like, oh, how do we do that? And then we developed the shakes and they've been selling really well.
1: So going from one store to two stores and then franchising, boom, 120 stores. Give us some tips on thinking big and executing Uh big. That's a pretty big jump. Now you've done other big things. You were big in solar sales. You you worked at Vivint. You've seen that that scale up. You've seen what yep. sales can look like and what like a fast-growing region can look like. But for somebody that's listening to this and they have an idea and they've gotten that initial traction, that success, what mental space do you put yourself into to say, I'm going to go from two stores to selling 120
0: franchises? I mean, I d- I don't know how to open up 120 franchises. I mean, I don't. I've never done it before. How am I going to know? What I did is, and that would be freaking scary. I mean, that is scary, right? But I'm not. I'm very confident in what we're doing because it's not me that's doing it. Like I hired a CEO. I I, saw, I proved the model, right? And I'm like, okay, now let's go get somebody that knows how to freaking do this. Let's go get an advisory board that have been there, done that. Like Steve Hart's on our advisory board. He grew his franchise, Property Management Inc., to the largest property management franchise in the nation. Jill is our CEO. She started Maui Waui Smoothies and Coffee almost, I mean, nine years before I was even born, you know, in 83, I was born in 92. She grew that for and ran it for 35 years, grew it to 680 plus locations and then sold it. And then she took another brand from a concept to 90. So it's like, well, Jill, you know how to do the franchise side. However, now I'm a production company too. I don't know food production. Oh, Josh, you've done food production. You just grew... This other company's food production from nothing to 70 million in two years, headed the whole project, hired everybody, sourced all the equipment. Can you come run this for us? Crap. Now we have to distribute this to our franchises. Now we're a logistics company. I don't know logistics. Hey, Ivan, you just sold a company last year. You guys had 50 million in logistics last year. Can you come run our logistics company? And then it's just finding the people in place. So like my vision expands when I get around more people that it's like, no, I did 50 million last year. I did 70 million last year. I had 680 locations. Like they're helping me expand that vision as well. And then also obviously with our board of advisors, I mentioned Steve, but John's our senior advisor, John Richards, his company was worth $30 billion at its peak, Right, it's called InfoSpace, And it's like, yeah, getting around those people, because when I bought dirty, I didn't, my goal is to do five stores the first year or something like that right? I mean, we're eight months into selling franchises, we're at 120. So it definitely expanded as I got around the right people.
1: What a phenomenal answer. It really, it is the unlock is that when you think that you're doing something big, and then you get around people that have done what you're trying to do, you realize, one, generally, you're not thinking big enough. Mm -hmm. Two, there's no real shortcuts in life, but there are faster ways of doing it. generally, Working with somebody who's done it before and knows how to do it is faster than figuring yep. it out. But I love that answer because I'm always telling people, you need to get in the right room. It's like, what value can I provide? What confidence can I provide to the market so I can get into the right room and and talk to the right people? Because yep. you can really do anything. If you've got a great product and you're willing to work with people, if you know how to collaborate, you if you know how to take advice if you're willing to listen, if you're willing to be coachable and listen, and you have something, if you can get into that right room, there's really not a whole lot you can't do.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you, if you're looking at your team and you're the most experienced person on your team and you're man, how, how are you going to grow? How are you going to go anywhere? If you're leading the charge, I just look at myself on my, like, dude, I'm 29. I'm pretty stupid. I need other people to run this. I just need to get people together and say, Hey, this is what I want to do can we do it together? And then they're saying, yeah, that's a great idea, but let me improve it. Let me allow you to think bigger and show you a different way. So hundred percent, like get, getting in the right rooms and getting surrounded by the right people is so paramount to success.
1: You're doing something that's so interesting to me. I want to know, what was your biggest revelation of what is different about the food business versus other businesses or sales that you've been in?
0: I don't know if there's something I got in there and I know there's like the whole health code stuff that I knew nothing about. And it's like, where's your sanitation buckets? I'm like, my what buckets? <laughs> yeah, you need your pH strips to bed I'm like, I still don't know it because I just hired people out to do that. I mean, it was just a different language. I guess the hard part of the language was having the humility of somebody's like, oh, you need an NLP six CXT uh, oven. I'm like, what the hell's that? I don't know. And they're like, oh, you don't know what that is? You don't know what it is? Like not being afraid to say, I don't know. Talk to me like I'm an idiot because I am break it down for me. Cause I need to learn this. And I feel like a lot of times we jump into something new and they, somebody's talking to us and they speak an acronym with such confidence. Like we should know that we feel stupid if we ask, you know, like, wait, 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 pause. But I'm like, no, I need to understand this. You you need to kind of slow down for me. So I know it's kind of a roundabout answer. Not, 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 not a great answer, but I'm still don't consider, I mean, I run a restaurant business, but I don't feel like I do because my team is running it. I still do what I've always done, what I'm good at. And I do sales and I talk to people, I network, I'm on social media and I'm on podcasts. Like I do what I'm good at. And I hire people to do what I'm not good at.
1: Uh, I think that is an amazing answer because your mental model of this has been go out and ask, do what your zone of genius is anyways, so put the people in a place that can answer those questions and then can execute for you Mm -hmm. in the areas of weakness. So it really allows you to treat this similarly that you would treat when you're selling solar or looking at another business opportunity. Versus I think a lot of people get jammed up because they're obsessed with the they're obsessed with the cookie, not obsessed with who's going to run the store or how the store is going to be sold. They're not looking at it from a systems point of view, but they're like so obsessed with like the That's having the best
0: cookie.
1: Yeah. Like I'm going to be obsessed with the cookie. I'm like, well, that's that's
0: great. Name a franchise that has the best food product. Like name a top tier franchise that has the best food product. Like I love a five guys burger, but there's nobody's going to say that that's the best hamburger in the world. And McDonald's blows five guys out of the water as far as size revenue. But McDonald's, nobody's going to say McDonald's has the best hamburger. And then do the same thing. Who's, who's the top Mexican franchise? Taco Bell. Are they the best? No, no, nobody in the, nobody's going to say that. Nobody's going to say Panda Express is the best Chinese food in the world. You need a good, really good, consistent product. But what's going to allow you to scale is not the product. Once it's good and it's consistent, then you need to look at scalability, consistency, and quality control. How do I do that? How do I focus on the model? And I do agree with you that most people jump in and it's like, how do I make the best cookie? Because I have the best cookie. I'm going to sell like crazy. It's like, it's not about the best cookie. It's about a good cookie, a really good. It's not about the best cookie, though. It's about the scalability and the consistency.
1: Yeah. You make the best cookie, you're going to be baking cookies. That's why yeah. people struggle with their business. But you, you look at the other businesses that you mentioned, like Taco Bell, the guy that founded it, he has the coolest story. His story is amazing, but he invented the hard shell taco. So Square One innovated, and then they continue that legacy of innovation. You know, That's why they have weird menu items all the time. Yeah. Because the guy was a genius, right? You look at McDonald's, same way, inventing systems and processes, inventing whole machines. So they're obsessed with the business of their business. Even you go into Five Guys, they have their weird way of doing things that are very differentiated, like the way they wrap up a burger, the way they have peanuts everywhere, even down to the colors. It's very specific. I got to call out Five Guys because I'm in Northern Virginia and there's literally five brothers that started in Arlington, Yeah. But I to, love
0: five guys. I, as far as chains, that is my favorite Yeah, chain. Five guys is amazing.
1: We tried to buy a franchise when they were, when they were growing and they were so competitive to buy. It, it was like uh, trying to get hired at Google or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> One of our franchisees, they just, they started with 10 dirty dough franchises, but they own 80 something five guys, some other brands as well. But no, the, the five guys franchises are great. Wow. They have a great business. Well,
1: this has been a really cool conversation. I, I really try to bring on different types of product businesses because if it was me, I make I make technical products. So yeah, I wouldn't be the person that would be the baller as as great as that sounds. I would be the person generally I'm somebody that would help you make that machine, or I'd help some company like develop that machine that gets sold, you know. So I make a lot of technical things, make some fun things too, but we've got people talking about apparel businesses, food businesses, and we did a, a whole lot on CBD because that's really popular. So I really appreciated your time because dirty dough is different even in the cookie space, which is, you know, it's pretty hot right now, but, uh, yeah, I
0: appreciate being on,
1: but everybody, you've got to check out his cookie because when you see what he's talking about, when it breaks it in half and you see the insides, they run out. So it's very Instagram worthy. And I think your social media is going to take off and take care of itself. Once everyone starts opening those cookies up, but, uh, yeah, check out dirty dough. I'll put some links to the business and to Bennett in the description, but hey, I appreciate your time and I might have to follow up with some cookie questions for
0: you. uh. Sounds good. I appreciate it,
1: Callie. Thank you. My name is Callie Keen, and this has been End Hype.